You're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast. I'm your host, Nilin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and selling your home to live and to sell. Welcome back. This is episode 120. Hey guys, it's Cindy. Welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show. So just a quick reminder for you that our super huge, amazing Lunar New Year slash 15th anniversary giveaway is happening next Wednesday. So remember, we're giving away 88 prizes, and it's huge. I mean, you can win ranging from $50 gift certificate to $1,000. You can win free entries into the International Home Staging Awards. You can win a full accelerator program spot. It's basically a $5,000 prize. And you can also win a bunch of different courses in our home staging school. So make sure you enter yourself into that ASAP. You're going to find out the link for the giveaway on our website at stagemore.com, or you can find it in our private Facebook group, The Home Staging Show on Facebook, or you can also find it on our show notes as well. If anytime you don't know where to find things, just reach out to us in our private Facebook group. Just search for The Home Staging Show or go to facebook.com slash more at our Facebook page. You'll be able to find us or send us a DM on Instagram at stage for more. So make sure, make sure, make sure you enter into the giveaway. This is going to be huge. I'm super excited. And then we're also going to do a live drawing of the prizes as well. So make sure you enter into the giveaway because I cannot wait to give away all these amazing prizes. All right, so let's get back to the interview. <laughs> I'm too excited about this. Oh, and also don't forget, we are having our SagerCon retreat on the 27th and 28th as well. You can also find a registration link on our website at stagemore.com. So definitely register because we're going to talk about pricing and proposal, and we're going to talk about inventory, how to buy wholesale, how to buy retail. And then also we're going to talk about logistics and social media. So a lot of juicy topic, and it's usual we're going to have some time for Q&A as well. So you want to make sure you're signing up for that. When you sign up, you also can watch a replay for 24 hours. So make sure you do sign up for both of these huge events that is happening in February to celebrate our 15th anniversary together. All right, so let's get started on today's interview. So today I have the pleasure of interviewing Ashley Tapley, and she is a home stager who's lived and owned a home in Apto since 1995. And she has been very involved in her community. Her two children attended the Apto school and live in the community. She's a founder and sponsor of Carrie's Dream Dance Scholarship Fund and dedicated six years to establish a thriving organization which has raised over $165,000 for local youth dance to date. Her husband, Scott, is a longtime surfer and water enthusiast, and he spends much of his free time swimming in the Monterey Bay and recently completed his English Channel Swim. Scott is also president of the Monterey Bay Swimming Association. He and Ashley have a lifelong passion for snow skiing and spend as much time as they can on the slope. Recently, Ashley's real estate market has been on fire. She staged a beach house that sold $305,000 over asking, which made the price to be $3.5 million. So that is super amazing. And the buyer saw the homeowner's furnishing in the garage and told Ashley that she may not have even liked the house without Ashley staging. She also recently did a few other properties that were sold over asking. 
actually had the challenge of staging a property recently that had been on the market for 100 days versus a pricing drop. It had a full price offer in 13 days after staging. Her staging and color consultation have led into a good amount of design work, which she absolutely loves. So much so that she's currently taking uh, courses in interior design school. So Ashley may be 52, but she's really enjoying her choice to jump into home staging and design. She's using her marketing and graphic design skills in her home staging business, but it's really nice to not have that be all she's doing. Change is good for Ashley. So I'm really excited to interview Ashley today. She joined our Cash and Cushion course a few years ago, and it's amazing to see how she's able to grow her staging business since then. So I'm really excited to watch her progress throughout the years, but also really excited to interview her about her experience of building her own home staging business. So let's start the show. Thank you so much, Ashley. I'm so excited that you're here. You've grown so much since you were in my Cash in the Cushions course. And it's so wonderful to see your updates all the time on Instagram and see how you've grown as a home stager. So before we get started today, tell us a little bit about yourself and your home staging business as well. Hi, Cindy, and thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. I've just listened to your podcast forever. And you were a big part in helping me launch my business. So I really, really appreciate that. About me, I went to college. I studied communications, public relations, and fashion business. And I've always held creative positions. I was an event planner. I wrote company newsletters. And then about 25 years ago, I had gone to work for my aunt and uncle's thrift store business. It was a chain in the West. And I did their company newsletters. As blogging came up, I did a blog. Like over 20 years ago, somebody referred to me as the Martha Stewart of thrift, which was really fun. And I was always taking thrift store finds and trying to make them precious and, and valuable and really show the value in what we did. And I ended up being their brand manager, art director and traveled through the West to our stores. And, and we did merchandising training as well. So I think all of that together just was the perfect storm for me in this business because I love interior design. Yeah, no, I would say that a lot of those skill set translate to staging very well, because even doing marketing and, you know, graphics, it's all about design senses too, you know, like all the negative space, focal point, it just translates into different media. I think visual merchandising actually is a really good way to translate that skill set into staging because in a way we're merchandising the house for sale. That's right. <laughs> it's a product. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your home staging business. When did you get started? What is it called and where do you work? Okay, so I started about two years ago, and the company name is House Candy Home Staging. I was wanting to do something in interior design, decorating. I've always done remodels at my house, the house that I'm in. We've, you know, done all sorts of remodeling projects, and I've always really liked it. And, you know, just devoured HGTV and all the design magazines and design books and anything I could get my hands on. And I thought, you know what? I'm super passionate about this. Let's see if there's a way I can turn it into a business. And so I started to transition my thrift store job 
and work less hours and develop this business as I kind of transitioned off my corporate paycheck and into owning my own business. So now I'm on my own 100% and I'm making a profit, which is great. And just kind of discovering my niche and, and where I like to be as far as the projects that I take on. And it's it's been a really exciting journey for sure. And it's been really fun to have good reactions to my work. I really like that. That's great. That's fantastic. So what is the real estate market like in your city? So it's hot. It's just on fire. I think with COVID, a lot of people are leaving the city and different parts of the Bay Area and wanting to be in a beach town. And so it's just, there's multiple offers over asking, cash sales, things like when we stage, we stage it and then we might be destaging it within two weeks. It's just really fast paced turnover. But homes are being staged. Definitely people see the benefit of staging. And with the photos being so important, they know that that they need to do it, even if it's with their own staff. I just went on a job last week where I just rehung their art because it was too high and fixed their pillows and edited and took out, you know, bright colored cushions and, and their personal family photos and all of that. And so it was just, I'm calling that like a photo shoot staging session. And I just go in like the day before and, you know, get it all put together and show them where things should be and what they need to get rid of and what they need to add. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, even sometimes a lot of small tweaks can really make big results for our clients. And I think that's what most people don't don't realize is that, oh, they're like, oh, I'm just going to put it on the market or whatever. But actually, there's actually a lot that can go behind and to make it really presentable. So that is really going to get the top dollar in the market. Definitely. It, and it, it's amazing where they don't spend any money on anything to put in their home, just moving things and taking things out, shopping the house. It's so effective. So you had this idea you want to start a home staging business and to the point where you actually started one. What was that process in between? How long did it take for you to really be like, okay, I'm ready to start a home staging business? So the first year was really brand development and training and just getting an education and just starting to establish my bank account and you know my fictitious business license or name and and all of that and so I kind of slowly took that over about a year's time where I started going out and trying to market myself and I was so fortunate I have some friends here in town in real estate and one agent, she let me stage a kitchen on her broker's tour, and I got to bring some treats and things like that and meet agents, which was super, super helpful just to get my card and my face out there and get their information to start building my database. Yeah, I think networking is so important, especially in real estate. I think it's still really a people industry, even though there's a lot of marketing done online now and also with COVID. We're not doing a lot of like face-to-face -face networking events, but just like even us being on video recording this podcast, immediately mm -hmm. we feel so much closer to each other because we're seeing each other. So mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I would say, you know, like having gone to open houses and then just hang out with a lot of real estate agents where they're hanging out, it's going to be tremendous for your marketing. 
It is. And so now we kind of have to adjust where before, you know, I could go give a presentation on staging and the benefits of staging live in their office and now can't really do that so much. And on every Thursday here, we had the broker's tour and I would go on the broker's tour and, you know, go to several houses and and meet agents. And now that we can't do that, the social media is huge and just being connected to people through social media and making posts like almost every day or, you know, five times a week or so, and then going on realtors pages and commenting and following and interacting with them, congratulating them when they sell a house, whatever, just to make me a real person. Yeah, no, engagement is so important. Actually, we're in the process of interviewing and bringing on a student concierge for uh, this new program we're rolling out next year. And yeah, it's, you know, she was talking about how she grows her own Instagram and it was just really about spending the time and engaging with your audience. And then things, I think some people feel very overwhelmed about like, oh my God, I need to do this all the time. But the thing is, if you just do, even just do five to 10 minutes a day, it's still going to make so much more difference than you just feeling paralyzed and not do anything at all. It does. And also don't be too salesy. In your social media posts, it's fine every so often. Hey, I have time on my calendar, reach out, you know, I want to help you out. But give them tips, give them pretty photos, pitch like anytime I stage for somebody, I say who it's listed by and tag them and really promote the listing. And that's part of my staging package is that I take really nice lifestyle photos and then I put them on my Instagram and I talk about their listing while it's active. Yeah, all the people who are listening right now or if you're watching this on YouTube, like you need to follow Ashley on Instagram because she does it so well. Like I love her graphics, the way she like talks about the house and the listing that she staged. I mean, it makes such a difference. And I think that's also a really great marketing differentiator probably for your agents as well because they saw a stager who's so good at marketing, immediately they're attracted to you because they know that you're going to help them market their listing. Yeah, that's where the marketing background does come in handy. (laughs) And I have to say, though, with presentation, I don't want you to get in the mindset that because of COVID, you can't do anything. I actually want to encourage you to do online presentation and invite every single real estate office in town. Not everyone is going to sign up, obviously. But the thing is, like, you can really scale with an online presentation. You can also record it so you can be on demand. So they can just type in their email, you know, be on your email list in exchange. They get to watch that presentation. There's definitely ways for you to scale that even during COVID. I don't want you to get in the mindset that, oh, because we can't physically do that anymore, then that means no presentation. I think it's actually even more powerful because you get to invite every single real estate agent in town, not just limit it to this one real estate office. And I've done it once and it was great and it was really, really nice. And it's kind of just gotten so busy that I haven't had time to slow down to do that. But, you know, winter's coming. So I'm sure I'll I'll get that in the mix. And I really like the idea of just having it pre-recorded so they can listen to it at any time. Yeah, there's actually, there's a lot you can do with your content. You can also cut snippets out of your full presentation, say just the 60 second one, and then put that with a nice graphic, which you already do, because I see some video action on your Instagram. And so that can be a great post as well, like even just snippets. 
you can have someone like a videographer help you to cut that into even like a short introduction video for your home staging business, or just you teaching real estate clients that immediately will boost your credibility. And also a lot of stages don't do it anyway. So immediately your marketing looks a lot different than other people's. When you first started your home staging business, how did you build and grow it? So let's talk about that. So once you feel like, okay, I started my business, I did all the stuff like the bank account, get an EIN number, get the fictitious name, and then what's next? What did you do to start building your home staging business? So I got out there and started meeting realtors and started my marketing just with pictures of what I could do from my own house or friends' houses, that kind of thing. And then the occupied consultations started with that. So I didn't need inventory. And I waited until my first job, as you've suggested, before I buy inventory. So I waited and did that. And it was just, you know, an Amazon holiday in my front porch. (laughs) I have pictures that you could barely get to the door with all this stuff coming. And I waited until that closed to get my storage unit. And it just organically has grown over time. And, you know, I'm in like my third storage unit at this point, you know, keep on upsizing and upsizing as I take on more jobs and grow. And so it's nice that it's grown that way. Yeah, no, I think that's really smart that you didn't even rent a storage unit until they're ready to come back. So you're just saving all this money, you you wouldn't have to rent a storage unit, which I think is great. So how did you land on your first home staging job? It was someone that went through the open house that I did the kitchen in. Oh, so, yeah. He called me and I did an occupied, uh, like a DIY staging for his client because she, you know, had great taste and kind of figured out the story of the house, which was, you know, an entertaining ocean view home. And so we really set it up for cooking and parties and entertaining and so the sun deck with the ocean view and, you know, just helped her with what to remove, how to set up a vignette in the kitchen, where to put the cookbook, the bar cart in the, on the deck and, and it photographed beautifully and, you know, it sold, which was great. And then that same realtor hired me for a vacant job that needed work, which was so exciting. I went through and it kind of looked like a college apartment. <laughs> and it was a, a one bedroom condo and it didn't have like any moldings or any fancy stuff. And so I did my occupied consultation, made my recommendations, which included stainless steel appliances, paint, lighting, new flooring in the bathroom and new carpet. And so I got to pick all of that out and added design time to my fee. And it turned out great. It's one of my favorite projects. And in the bedroom, I did an accent wall that was like a black navy color. And um, it made the room look so luxurious. And the before and after photos are just like, they're stunning, I think. Because <laughs> it went from like a dorm room to looking really sophisticated. And I felt so strongly about it that I told the realtor, I said, look, if you hate this wall, I will repaint it. I'll make it the other color of the other walls, but I really, really think it's going to be good. And he loved it and everybody loved it. So that was exciting. And then from there, word just kind of got out. 
Yeah, no, that's amazing. That's just how it is. When you did a great job and then you're really good at marketing it, people see that and they're going to start hiring you. And also, I think in your particular area, lifestyle is incredibly important. So it needs to really tie into what potential buyers are looking for. And a lot of people are coming from, we call it over the hill, but from the Silicon Valley over here. And so they're wanting that beach lifestyle, but you don't want it to be kitschy. And so you're really like striking a balance between letting people know that they're living at the coast, but not having a, you know, beach this way sign everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, we see a lot of those too. <laughs> That's really funny. So you've been working for two years now. And would you say now you have a consistent clientele? I do. But I also, you know, I think that's depends on how people define it. I'm more of a boutique stager or craft stager. I only have three or four homes worth of stuff. I don't want to be doing two a day, five days a week. You know, I want to do maybe three or four in a month and sometimes less if the project that I take on has more of a, like a redesign, like painting, flooring, whatever we do, construction component to it then I do fewer because I'm spending time designing. Yeah, no, I think that's really encouraging, especially for new stagers to hear, because I think a lot of training schools kind of paint this picture. You need to have a big business. You need to have the warehouse, but you don't actually have to. We're seeing more and more hybrid business models in the industry now. You know, some people are like you, they're doing color consultation, they're doing design work. They're also doing staging and some people are focusing on short-term rental as well. So there's like a nice, even mix of income throughout the entire year, not just like concentrating on the hot, you know, real estate months. So, so yeah, I think that's really great. And one area that I would love to break into that I haven't yet is the whole VRBO. I think that setting people's vacations up and just making them you know, kind of Instagram worthy and giving people that feeling when they walk in the door, it translates into more money for the homeowner or, you know, for sure. Yeah. Especially if you got your system down. So I interviewed Carrie Reed. She is the winner for our international home staging award this year in the Airbnb category. That episode, I'm not sure, maybe it's on already or by the time we've published yours, it will be on. Okay. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> but yeah. So, so yeah. So she really specializes this and she also, she's a flipper herself. So it makes sense that, so she actually was able to test, you know, like how soft the beds are, you know, and then really test and see if everything they use within the Airbnb is really going to stand the test of time but also they have it down to a system. So I think that is really important. Like once you figure out the workflow and how can you help the homeowner make more money essentially, because once you get a reputation as the stager who has a really great return rate and also great booking rate for their Airbnb clients, you're going to get booked all the time. I think especially in your neighborhood, like people would love like Airbnb staging. Definitely. And it's needed. Yeah. Needed. I mean, I've stayed in some, it's like, oh, this could be so much better. And, you know, you would book it way more often and probably could charge more. I know, especially now a lot of people are doing staycation within their own state. So, you know, with everything COVID going on, then, yeah, it's, I think it's really important to start figuring out how can they really maximize their investment 
into a short-term rental property like this. And I think going into Airbnb staging and figuring out how you can really do that for homeowners is going to be huge. Yeah, definitely. And so do you have a sweet spot or a niche that you work in all the time and something that you specialize in? So I would say I always like to do a two-hour pre-sale consultation where I can go through and really look at what they should change or fix to maximize their return. So not just going in and filling the house with furniture. And then if I can be hired to do the paint colors, any lighting appliances, any little tweaks that I'm recommending, if I can be the person to source that, the product comes out great. You know, it just looks really nice. So I have more control over my end product and I really, really enjoy it. And I, I enjoy it so much that I'm actually in interior design school right now and I'm almost done. <laughs> so I, because I'm getting a lot of interior design clients from my real estate contacts because someone's bought a house and they, they want to paint it. They want a new kitchen. They want, you know, whatever. And they're calling me saying, Hey, I have this client. They want to talk to you. It's been pretty cool. And so I'm sort of full service. I, yesterday I staged a house and it sold and it was an amazing house. And they did, it's on my website. They did a lifestyle video with people in the video and it's super, super amazing. And they really sold the lifestyle. It was like this family had the house and their friends are coming over for a party and all the kids are swimming and they're at the fire pit playing a guitar and they're serving beautiful fruit boards under the chandelier and outside. And it just was super, super cool. And so that client hired me to measure all her furniture and see what would go to her new home. And then I went yesterday with the movers and helped her position everything where it went kind of style her items. And then she now wants me to shop for the things that she's missing. And she's having me design her business space too. That's amazing. You're like the perfect example of how many different facets, you know, or how many staging jobs can originate from one initial staging job. And I think a lot of home stagers think of staging projects very singular way where, okay, I did this job for the seller and then it's done. But actually, you know, they can hire you to do their work. They can hire you to do their next house. And so, yeah, congratulations. That is amazing. Yeah, it's really exciting. And then another client that I have that I love, she was the buyer's agent and she loved what I did, reached out to me and said, Hey, will you do my office, my real estate office? So like, okay. Yeah. And now she has me doing color consultations and some picking out carpet and different things on her projects, which is great. You should ask her if you can leave your branding at her office as you're doing it. Oh yeah. I'm sure she would let me, even though it's COVID and no one's really coming to the office. It's like perfectly free advertisement for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's so it's pretty exciting. Oh, it is very exciting. Yeah. And so how long did you feel like it took you to really arrive to this niche that you're, you're specializing in now? I'd say about a year. And how did you figure out that this is it for you? I just love it so much. If I didn't love it, that was sort of, I thought I'll do this. I think I'm going to love it. I think I'm going to be good at it. And if, if I'm not, then I'll go back, you know, and get a marketing job somewhere. 
but now I'm just, I just love it. So I think that's how I know that I've arrived. I feel like I love what I do. I'm proud of it and people are liking it. So that makes me happy. That's how it should be that, you know, like you should be, you should feel that you're passionate. It's not really a job. It's something you truly love to do. And then, so when you talk about, you just naturally smile and that's how it should be. And once you hit that, you just feel like everything is clicking for you. Like clients just show up for no apparent reason, which is great. And so, yeah, I'm really happy for you. Like to hear that. I think it's amazing. And I've seen that through your work as well. Like it's really changed since you first took our course to now, you know, like you really mature in your style, the way you use colors. And then also like now your photos as well, they look more lifestyle and they're also, they look more engaging, I think for mm -hmm. your audience as well. Yeah. So I think that really made a difference. But your class helped a ton, <laughs> a ton with that. I never hear feedback unless it's like, I can't lock into this school. And so I'm always like, is this working for people or not? <laughs> I think so. I think so. And it's really a great selling point for me to tell realtors, you know, if I stage this house, I've trained for this. I know what the camera's looking for. I know how to draw your eye through a picture. I know how to highlight things or make things kind of disappear if they're something you don't want people to see. And it's a huge selling point for me to be able to say that I went to school for that. Yeah, I think it's really important um, nowadays, especially is to really stage for the photos as well. Because most of the time we're really just focusing on staging and how it looks in person. But actually 99% of the time, people are going to see that house online and then decide they want to move into it or go to the open house for it. So yeah, I think the photo selling aspect of it is incredibly important. Definitely. And I also want to talk about collaboration because I think we already mentioned this earlier, but like you met Kayla through our course and then you got connected as well. And then now you collaborate all the time and you even share inventory, right? Yeah. So I actually met Kayla before the course and we were both listening to your podcast and you were talking a lot at the time about lifting each other up and it's not this big competition. There's plenty of work, you know, just reach out to another stager in your area, see what happens. And so I saw her posting and I thought, you know, she's doing this. I like her stuff. I'm going to reach out to her and sent her a DM and just said, Hey, would you want to meet? And she said, yes. And we just clicked and, you know, we've become really good friends. And when I go to a real estate office to give a presentation, it's not actually just me, Kayla, and I co-branded it with both of us. So it wasn't so salesy. Like, yeah. here's what I'm going to do for you. It was really more like, this is what staging can do for you. So we do that together. We refer each other clients if we're busy or out of inventory or just need a break or whatever. We feel comfortable like they're going to do a great job and we can just know confidently that they'll do it. And it's great. If we get stuck on something or have like a tricky space, we can send each other a picture and say, you know, what do you think? Um, and then we share a storage unit together with our artwork and we rent art from each other. And that's expanded our inventory quite a bit. And then it's a revenue stream as well. So instead of it just sitting there, you know, cause we're sick of it, we've used it too many times. <laughs> we can make a little money. <laughs> 
No, I think that's the way to go. If you have inventory, why not rent it out or resell it or like buy wholesale and sell the surplus at a seemingly steep discount to the consumer, but in the like on the back end, you still make profit off. I think that is incredibly clever and also create multiple streams of income in your business is huge, especially staging a lot of times feels very cyclical, you know, like I had to say when we were busy, realistically, it was only March through October. Once holiday hit, I had to figure some other ways to generate income because freelancers Mm -hmm. that were working with us still expect to get paid. Like PG&E is not going to be like, oh, you don't, you're not working this month. We'll just comp your electricity. No, like Verizon still needs to get paid. You know, everybody needs to get paid. So yeah. That's fantastic. And so when you guys do presentation together, how do you deal with the leads? Do you both then get the email list and you both email them separately and you generate your leads that way? Yeah. And we each work it out. We practice and we each kind of take the same amount of time and we figure out who's going to talk about which slide and and all of that. And if somebody else is stronger in something, they might talk about that. And it just works out great. And then they call one of us or both of us, whatever, to get a bid if they have a project. So it's great. I think that's amazing because I, I really think there is enough business out there for everyone because I think everyone puts their special spin to it. Because you and Kayla, even though you're working in markets are really close to each other, but both of you have different styles, you know? If you think of how real estate agents think, it's just like going shopping, right? Like there's lots of beautiful dresses out there and shoes. But the thing is like, say I need to go to a work event, so I need flat shoes. I can't wear heels for more than 20 minutes. So it's not really practical for me to buy high heels. And then the same thing with when they're picking stager as well, like stagers have different strengths as well. Like you, you were mentioning, you know, you might be in stronger in this area and Kayla is stronger in the other area. So they're going to choose accordingly to see which one is best for their listing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes someone will find us on Yelp or whatever, and we'll both be bidding on the same job. We <laughs> figure it out, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, that's okay. There's plenty of work out there. Yeah. Everyone is different in different way. And so how do you deal with pricing? Do you guys discuss pricing as well? You know, we kind of know what pricing costs in our area. And both of us are firm believers that we don't want to be at the bottom end of the pricing in our market, just because we've seen in other markets where it's kind of a race to the bottom. And that's just really not the client that I think either of us want to be working with is someone that's just constantly trying to drag your price down, 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 down. Because you know, we, we say like, if you want us to be in business, we need to make a living at it. Otherwise, like if they're going to keep on driving it down, there aren't going to be any stagers because no one for long-term wants to work where they're, you know, making not very much money. Yeah. They need no, exactly. to be able to support themselves. It's really hard work. I mean, it's sweaty work. It's, there's a lot of planning. You need a lot of education. It's a hard job and you should be paid for it. Yeah. And I think it really is also about creating win-win for everyone involved in the transaction. So that's you, the seller, and also the real estate agent as well. And I think a lot of times, especially newer stager, they feel like they have to compete based on price because they don't have experiences. But I think that is actually, it's like a self-limiting mindset in a way, because 
you probably have some sort of experience coming in from other, you know, maybe from your previous work and or like you, you got more education to really get educated on certain areas and all this stuff that in itself is valuable. Like you need to recognize your own self-worth. And so then you can feel confident speaking to a client about it. If the client feels like you're not sure about your own pricing, then they don't feel like they can trust you. Did you have any doubts when you were starting out in the beginning? Yeah, you know, I was wondering if I would ever get that breakthrough opportunity to show what I could do. <laughs> it's so stressful. And, and luckily it came, you know, and it's just, it's been great ever since. And I'm just still trying to grow and, and learn and make this something that's exactly what I want to be doing. Yeah. How would you say you overcame that confidence? Was it just purely being booked one after the other for projects? I think I had the confidence in what I could do. It was just really showing it and actually being paid for it. And so it really takes that first one to let you do it. <laughs> and, and I was so happy that it was something that you know, when I saw it at first, my heart kind of sunk because it looked like a dorm. And I just thought, oh, this is going to be in my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they were willing to paint and take out all the boob lights and all that stuff and ceiling fans and, and go with cool Sputnik chandelier and all of that, it just was so good. It was really, really good. Yeah. So I think I think that particular client really saw the value of staging. You know, I think a lot of sellers feel like, oh, I'm getting rid of my house. Why am I putting more money into it? Right. And I just staged one house and it sold in the first, I think, three or seven days. I think it may have been three days. And it went $305,000 over asking. And the, the buyer wanted to buy a couple of my pieces. And so we were in contact with each other and the seller was selling their stuff with the house. And I used some of it to stage and most of it went into the garage. And so when she looked at what she bought basically and looked through all the stuff that I didn't use, she told me, she said, if this stuff was in the house, I would not have liked it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's and also she, a great test, like testimonial for you as well. Yeah, yeah. And she liked it enough to pay $305,000 more than the asking price. She liked it that much more. Amazing. So, yeah. So good. I mean, you feel great. Yeah. So now that you have a very consistent clientele, so how much marketing do you do consistently? I do Instagram that's tied to my Facebook pretty much every day or five days a week, something like that. I do a newsletter like once a month. I try to do a blog once a month. I'm sure I'm hoping this winter I can write a few few blogs and get them stored up. And I have some, I've been so busy that I need to go back and, and write some more on these projects that I've done because you can't post before and afters until after a house is closed. And so I have a whole bunch of before and afters that I'm excited to post that I haven't written about yet. Yeah, I think the easiest is just have a template. I don't know, for squarespace.com, like we, I just have a template saved. And then every time I need to write a case study, then I just duplicate that template. So it just makes it so much faster. 
And now in batching as well, we just came out with a new mini blogging and newsletter course. And it's all about just batching your content and then carve that time out. So December, it's like the perfect time to do it. And we have like prompts too. Like there's already 99 topics ready for you in the course Gosh. and you just write whatever you want. <laughs> so yeah. that's great. Yeah, it's really all about batching, I think, especially with marketing, because no one has time to kind of just like do it here and there. And also then it's not really systematic. And I think it's great that you're able to put in time every single day on Instagram and, you know, do your marketing and then make sure that you're being seen consistently. It really helps. And then also with the marketing that the thing that really helps is get reviewed on Yelp and Google from clients. So Google and Yelp, is there a preference? Like which one is more effective? They both are. I think, I don't know. I think a lot of people are on Yelp and, and they take it really seriously and love it. But Google really helps with your SEO. Yeah. So I just tell people, if you could review me on both, it could be the same review, cut and paste it. I would appreciate that. <laughs> so, or, you know, pick one if you're too busy. I, like any review is a great review. So. That's true. And so when you're doing your marketing every day, so do you just kind of set aside time every day? Maybe there's just that half an hour block that I need to be on Instagram or how do you do it? How do you keep that consistency? A seat of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the seat of my pants. I'm consistent, but I just do it whenever I have a moment. Yeah. I think also like, I think that's a really good example because people think that it needs to be this kind of elaborate process sometimes to be able to market consistently, but you actually really be on Instagram five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. I mean, for example, for our Pinterest account, so we had like eight follower as of last November. And I think for six months, I just went online. I just went on my phone on the app and then I just pinned for five minutes every day for six months. We grew to 6,000 followers and, and then to 1.2 million monthly view. So it's, it's pretty insane like what consistent action can actually do. And it didn't really take a lot. All I was pinning was pinning houses that I'd like onto my mood board and all this stuff. With social media, it's sometimes like a snowball, you know, it, it kind of grows on its own, but you just need to figure out the right strategy. So like for Instagram would be hashtag, for Pinterest would just be, you need to have very clear, you know, boards and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing with the followers on Instagram is some, you know, a lot of people will kind of reach out and say, oh, I like your stuff, you know, pay me $30 and I'll feature you and you'll get all these followers. And I don't really care about that because I want my local followers. I want them to be real potential clients. And so that's No, important. I agree with that. We've interviewed a few marketing experts on the show and everyone is just like, you know, the follower is really a vanity matrix, even the number of likes as well. I mean, I think in some market, Instagram actually took away the ability to have likes. So it doesn't even show up how many likes you have on the photo. And the main thing is really need to drive people to your email list. That's the thing because Instagram tomorrow can be like, for some reason they got shut down or your, your account got hacked. So Instagram killed it. All these things can happen, but your email list will stay there, you know? So it's always about driving to your own platform. Definitely. And you need that hook there. Mine is my favorite neutral colors and they'll get a list of that if they sign up. So that's so super. would you, oh, sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, that's just super helpful to have some reason to get them to join in. Yeah. So would you say most of your new clients now are like just found you through your online marketing efforts or they're more like from referrals? Both. I think I'm getting staging and design calls that they're just the homeowner themselves and they found me online and read my reviews and decided to call. So that's really cool. A lot of realtors, they all talk, they're social people. And so it's, I'll get a call and say, so-and-so gave me your name. And so that's great as well. Yeah. And what would you say is your biggest lesson so far starting out your home staging business? I don't know if there's a biggest lesson. (laughs) I think starting your own business, I was talking to my husband about this. It's like having your own startup and it's pretty all consuming. It It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's all consuming. So, (laughs) and I know your family works with you as well. You know, that that does happen. I think when you're first starting out, when I first started out, my mom and my sister all staged for me, you know, and they weren't paid. (laughs) I didn't didn't even buy them lunch. My mom insisted we make packed lunches from home. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, my daughter works for me and she assists and helps me stage. It's super, super helpful. I love that. And what I love about you is you actually have a very small, but in a way, very flexible business. It doesn't sound like you have a very big crew at all. No. And I think that's something that's really intentional. I mean, I've, you know, worked in the corporate world and for this, I just want it to be really boutique and small. I don't want to have employees and I don't want to grow it. So it's this big, giant mega company. That's just at this time in my life, I just want to do really quality work. No, I love that. I really think everyone defines their own success. And for you, this is the perfect business model that you want. You don't want to have a seven-figure home staging business with like 20 million people working for you with a 20,000 square feet warehouse. Um, And a lot of stagers are the opposite. You know, they want the big warehouse. They want the big crew. So yeah, but I, I love that you you basically like this. Nope, this is me. Like you have a really strong sense of clarity of that, which I think is very rare and it's it's very admirable. Thank you. Yeah. No, Thank I really you for everything. No. <laughs> I didn't pay Ashley to say this, but thank you. <laughs> But no, I, I really think clarity is everything. And I don't know I don't I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a Californian as well. It's just like I do have that woo-woo bits about me in this, but I've seen it in my business, having that clarity of like what kind of business you want, like how do you define your own success? It really helps to permeate your own company culture, but also the way you run your business. And that shows up, I think, on the client side as well, because they do see that. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing why I say, you know, we should really try to lift each other up because it's already a very difficult business. I don't sugarcoat it. I mean, there are days where I was staging, you know, it was like the 12th hour. You just, all you want to do is cry. Like, and then sometimes you're so tired, you're restaging again and again and again. You know, there's those times like this pillow is not perfect. It's driving me nuts. Mm -hmm. There are all these things on job side. There are people who cry. I've dropped sofas on my foot several times on the same spot. All these crazy things, you know, or like we finally get the truck up this like 45 degree hill in San Francisco. And then then we're like, oh, great. We realized the door is too small. Now we have to spend another half an hour to take off the door. 
those are kind of things that could really wear you down as a business owner. But ultimately, like you love it, you love this business, and that's why you invest in it. And this is your business as well. In a way, it's it's your child, basically. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's for sure. But I feel so blessed and fortunate that I was able to do this for myself, really. It was yeah. sort of a, a self-care thing. Just see what I can do. I, Reese Witherspoon says, I am my own lottery ticket. And I love that. And I just think, yeah, I can do this. Why not me? I want to. No, I think that's a really good saying. I love that. Am I going to mm-hmm. steal that sometimes? You can steal it from her. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We are our own lottery ticket. We write our own story. Yeah. And so what would you say would be your top suggestion for new stagers or maybe thinking about starting a new staging business or they're just started? Like, what would you say is your top advice for them? You can give me a couple things. So marketing, 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 marketing. They have to kind of be familiar with who you are before they're going to reach out to you. So if they see your name come up or people are talking it's important that there's some sort of recognition of who you are and get an education. You know, if you want to be really good at it, you need to know what you're doing. You know, not only creatively, but also on the business side as well. Right. There's so much. Yeah. That goes there's a lot. There's a lot. That's great advice. What would you say is your most effective marketing strategy? Photos. Every- photos. Yeah. <laughs> photos. I ask that because every stager asks about it. You know, like, what do you do? What is the magic thing you do to get more clients? And there's so many things, right? People can make presentations, but ultimately, yeah, it's how you present yourself, your portfolio and your photos. Yeah. Or, yeah, or my portfolio and the photos translate to Instagram and Facebook and all goes back to marketing. But it's, I think, the biggest tool that I have. That's great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, there are three ways to do so. You can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media, or you can donate to support the maintaining costs for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging.